If you do less in your business, you could actually make more because you're doubling down on what's actually working. So I started to strip away some offers and some opportunities that were ego-based but weren't really doing anything for the bottom line. Strip those away. I did less in 2012 and made more money than I had ever made at that point. You're listening to the Redefining Wealth Podcast with Patrice Washington. And as you know, this is the space where we come to learn more about what it means to chase purpose, not money. And I'm so excited about our guests for today because they are going to help you reassess, reanalyze, rethink, and yes, redefine how you see wealth. Now, before we get into this week's episode, I want to remind you how important it is to rate and review the podcast so that other purpose chasers who don't even know that we're out here can find us using these algorithms. So we need you to rate and review the podcast. Before we jump into today's amazing guest, though, I want to start with the affirmation of the week. So here we go. You know, you got to speak positivity into your life. You gotta affirm positivity. You gotta affirm abundance. You gotta affirm yourself to wealth. This week's affirmation is I remain true to myself as my purpose evolves. I give myself the freedom and grace to grow, expand, and evolve. I accept that what may be purposeful in one season may not be in complete alignment in the next. I accept that I may be called to use the same gifts in different spaces or with different people. And when that happens, I am still walking in purpose. When a season has come to completion for me, I will respect the evolution and embrace what comes next knowing that no matter what, I am always being guided and will choose what I authentically feel led to do, not what others demand to experience of me based on past seasons. Declare today, I remain true to myself as my purpose evolves. Today's guest is Amy Porterfield. Amy is an online marketing expert and the host of the top-ranked podcast, Online Marketing Made Easy. Before building a multi-million dollar digital course business, Amy worked with mega brands like Harley Davidson and peak performance coach Tony Robbins, where she oversaw the content team and collaborated on groundbreaking online marketing campaigns, and it shows. Through her best-selling courses and popular podcasts, Amy's action-by-action approach proves that even the newest online entrepreneurs can bypass the overwhelm and instead generate exciting momentum as they build a business they love. Without further ado, here's my girl, Amy Porterfield. Welcome to the Redefining Wealth Podcast, Amy. Oh my goodness, I've been looking forward to this all week. It's so good to see you again. It's so good to see you. This was a long time in the making. Um, I am so grateful to you for inviting me to be on your podcast and to share with your students. And now I finally get to share you with my community of purpose chasers. And I know they're going to learn a lot because we're digging in 
to some money stuff and some business stuff today. Uh, and, and I'm just excited. So yeah. you ready? I'm ready. Let's do this. <laughs> okay. So we have to start here. So you know that my mantra, it's on my shirt, is chase purpose, not money. But as a marketing expert, I hear that you have a new motto in life and it's, I don't chase, I attract. Yes. Ooh, let's start there. Break that down for us. Okay. So I am a worrier by nature. Ever since I've been a really little girl, if I can worry about it, I'll be worrying about it. And so my mom used to always say, if you worry, pray, if you pray, don't worry. Like she still says it to me and I'm in my forties. So, um, <laughs> but because of that, I found myself feeling like I was chasing a lot and, and, and I use chasing in the word. You can see it as a positive thing or a negative thing. I'm talking in the negative way, that desperate chasing that I got to make this work. I got to make this promo work. I've got to teach this in the right way. I've got to attract the right people. I, I, I got to do this. And it was like this feeling of like anxiousness and desperation. And even when things were going well, it was still on low level. I felt that energy. And then I realized this is exhausting, like chasing in that way, the desperate way, holy cow, it feels so overwhelming. Like I can't ever let my shoulders relax, take mm. a deep breath. And so this is funny, but on TikTok, I saw this, this idea around attracting versus chasing. Someone was talking about this woman and I thought, that's what I need. So I started to just bring that into my life. Like, what would it look like if I attracted, let's say the type of people or the type of um, energy that I want in my world? And what that looked like was shoulders relaxed, deep breaths, doing my purpose, you know, working on purpose, doing the things that I know I'm best at and letting the magic happen. So showing up, doing the work, but also leaving room for a little bit of magic, seeing what might happen if I were to let go. I white knuckle a lot, or at least I have in the past. So once I started to let go, some amazing things started to happen. I love that, I love that. You know, I did an episode uh, coming into my 40th birthday in 2020 or 2021, all these years are a blur. Okay, 2021. <laughs> and one of the things I was talking about was being unattached yes. to all of these outcomes because that's where the worrying comes in, right? It's like, I believe that we do all we can do and then we stand. Mm, that's good. That's it. Do all, do all, do what you can do, but then stand. At some point, we do have to just release it. And I love that you said, allow the magic yeah to happen so for you what's an example um of something that shifted in your life or business when you took that approach of i'm not going to chase that i'm going to attract it so two things that come to mind with that question the first one is i moved to a four-day work week with my team of 20 full-time employees virtually working around the us and that was a way of me kind of releasing, letting go, because I thought, well, we were working five days a week and some of us on the weekends, some of us late at night. And I thought, this is not the energy I want in my business. And I have a lot of women, uh, moms on my team. I don't want them depleted when they show up for their kids at night or on the weekends or whenever. So one of the ways I let go is I thought, well, we're going to work less and see if we can still do the amazing things that we're doing. And this was over a year ago. It's been a year now. I wouldn't change it for the world, even if we struggled a little with revenue or if things kind of 
got rocky, I would have still done it because I saw such a shift on my team. Luckily, we're still doing really well, but even if I still would have done it because my team is happier, more relaxed, more present when we are together. So that was one way of me letting go of that anxious energy. The other thing that I think made a really big difference um, is that I totally lost my train of thought. Is this 40? Is this what 40s look like? So wait a second. <laughs> it was a really good one. So we were talking about examples. Oh, I know, I know. Phew. Okay, so the other one is my podcast. So I've had my podcast for nine years and we always wanted to have a million download month. It was just always a goal. And for me, my podcast is the top of the funnel. So people find me through my podcast. Mm -hmm. So they get introduced into my world through the podcast, which is very important to grow an audience and engage an audience. So we wanted to get more people into our world. So for years, I've been chasing this goal for years. And especially the last few years, I have a podcast producer full-time on my team. We went to two episodes a week. Like we have made a lot of efforts, still we're not hitting it. Finally, in just a moment of remembering, I do not chase, I attract. I said, I'm letting go of this goal. If it happens, wonderful. But I, like you said, do everything you can do and just stand, stand in that. And I did, this was a few months ago. I just stood in that said, I'm going to have to release this because it's driving me nuts. Lo and behold, two months later, January was our first million download month. And we have been able to repeat it since, which is so exciting, but this is nine years in the making. So wow. I've seen it work firsthand. Oh my gosh. Well, first of all, congratulations. Thank you. I am super, super excited for you. Exciting. That's incredible. And you know, you brought up a lot for me. So when I'm like sending you desperate voice memos <laughs> in the middle of the night, here's, here's what is coming up for me. I'm at a place where, you know, it's, we, we keep growing the team. We keep growing the team, right? And yeah. I need to decide between full-time employees versus contractors. Mm -hmm. What was that like for you? You yeah. know, you've been at this a long time when you start to realize not only do I need to hire support, yes, I've had virtual assistants and, you know, third-party contractors and all of that. But when you get to a place where it's like, no, I need someone's undivided attention exactly. on what I have going on because this is a lot. Yes. Okay. That was the big shift for me. We use contractors for years and years. And then, and as we all know, when you use a contractor, typically they are not a hundred percent on your team, meaning they've got other clients and other things, and you cannot dictate their hours. You can really by law, at least in California, where I used to live, you can't even tell them exactly how to do everything. Like they're independent. That's why they're called independent contractors. So we got to the point that we're like, wait a second, the stuff we're working on is important to us. It's timely. We want to make sure we hit these big goals. We need your undivided attention. Absolutely why we did it. Also in California, there are really strict laws about who can be a contractor, who can be an employee. Mm -hmm. And I was walking the line. So I needed to get, <laughs> I needed to legally protect myself. So we moved all of our contractors or whoever wanted to into employees. And then we started to hire employees. But I will say, I can't sugarcoat this. Sometimes it's easier with contractors. Having full-time employees, we do benefits, we do um, unlimited time off, we do retreats, we do all the things you would do with full-time employees. Holy cow, that has been stressful, especially mm -hmm. the first few years we did it. 
Mm. A lot. It's a lot of responsibility, but at the same time, it's so amazing when you know everyone is focused on the same project for the same amount of time and they're all in. That's a beautiful thing, but it didn't come without a lot of stress. Yeah. And I can imagine too, I think for, for anyone who's listening, no matter where you are in your business, I think it always has to come down to what do you really want? Yes. And just what feels right for you, you know, because I know that one of your goals, if I remember correctly, was to get on the Inc. 500 list. Yes. We really wanted that. You really, you really wanted that. And so I could see how having a team of 20 full-time, you know, employees would help you get to that goal, right. And create that environment. But you know, it's really important. And this is a constant reminder for me, a mindset thing that while we have access to what so many people are doing, cause many of us share very um, transparently, like what's going on in our businesses and on our teams, it's important to still always check in with what's in alignment for you. Yes. And I think that question, I don't think we ask ourselves that enough. What do you want? What do you want? What do you want your personal life to look like? What do you want your business life to look like? What do you want your health and wellness to look like? Your spirituality? What do you want? And the reason I'm passionate about this question is because a lot of the times I struggle to answer it. I've been journaling 10 minutes every morning consistently. And sometimes when I don't know what to journal, I just write, what do you want? And sometimes I struggle to get real clarity around what it is that I want. And I think we need to keep pushing for those answers. Yeah. Has there been a time, and and I'm sure, (laughs) has there been a time as you have been just building your business that you took a step because that's what you genuinely thought you wanted and it completely? (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Many times, in fact, many times. Um, The one that comes to mind that was the most, made the most impact in my life is that I thought I wanted a business partner. And so I was about uh, four or five years into my business, probably four, um, had just hit almost the million dollar mark in a year. So it was a big milestone for entrepreneurs. And I met a guy who's younger than me, so incredibly smart. This kid was just, I called him a kid because I'm older than him, but whip smart. He wasn't a kid. But um, we started to talk and decided that he was going to become a business partner in my existing business. And for a few years, we were business partners 50-50, and he was so strategic, so smart, and uh, the business became a multi-million dollar business while we worked together. But it got to a point that I lost myself. I tend to let men lead, at least I have in the past. I have a very strict father that was, was the boss of all bosses, and then I worked for Tony Robbins, who was larger than life. And then I got a male business partner and I found myself treating him like my dad or Tony where I would defer to him. And so I didn't even have an opinion anymore. I would, everything, I would run by him. I'd be scared and just think, well, he could take care of it. It's not a part of my personality I'm proud of, um, but I watched my mom let my dad be the boss from day one. And so, and we had a very traditional marriage. They had a traditional marriage. She set out the clothes for them. She cooked dinner every night, even though she had a job as well. So I was just raised with that. So anyway, I saw these patterns in my relationship with my male business partner, and I didn't even recognize myself in the mirror anymore. And I thought, 
I don't want this. I thought I wanted this. I thought it would bring me more protection and security, but in reality, it just has allowed me, I became like a shell of who I was. Mm -hmm. So I had to then work on untangling all that. It's like a divorce in your business scariest time of my life. Luckily it turned out fine, but for a while I thought I was going to lose my business. So it's a decision wow. that I, I changed my mind on a few years later and it was really rough. Yeah. What I love about the story though, is that you've gone on to create so much phenomenal yes. success and impact. And I think that what I've been learning throughout this journey is even if it doesn't go as planned, I'm pretty sure it was a part of the bigger plan right? Ah, like amen. the greater plan for my life needed me to have these examples, these experiences, some level of exposure to something because I learned the lessons, either it's a blessing or a lesson. That's how I choose to see it. And Absolutely. even in those most difficult moments, even if it's a quote unquote failure, I'm still failing forward, which I have found is so much better than sitting on the sidelines. Just oh yeah thinking about it, wishing, hoping, praying, like I'm a prayer warrior, but at some point we have to take action and trust that any action we take is still leading us down this path that is going to be purposeful in the end. I have a confession to make. My relationship with looking good is so complicated. I don't know if you're anything like me, but I like high quality clothes. I just don't like going shopping and I definitely don't always want to pay high quality prices, if you know what I'm saying. Plus, I don't always want to wear the same stuff over and over again. So I was super excited when I found out about the clothing rental membership armoire because they are making getting dressed stylish, but super easy. When I signed up, I took a five minute style quiz and based on my preferences, they offered suggestions that would best match my lifestyle. I'm filming in a few weeks and I literally just got the cutest blazers delivered to my door in as little as two days. And when I'm ready for new clothes, I can just swap them out for more new to me styles. So whether you're planning your outfit for a date night, packing for a conference, or in need of a gown for some black tie event, you will be the best dressed person in the room and you won't have to feel bad for only wearing something once. Now, what I also love is that Armoire is woman-founded and women-led. They even spotlight women-owned designers on their website. So I know I'm wearing brands that are aligned with my values. I love that I can support a business that's built by women like me. If you're ready to have your dream closet delivered to your door, you might want to try Armoire. I promise you will never be without the perfect outfit for any occasion ever again. And right now, Redefining Wealth listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash wealth. That is armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash wealth to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try armoire today. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Absolutely. And I'm so glad you brought that up because it was the worst time in my life. Like I've never cried so much. I've never been so scared in my life uh, business wise. And when it was over, 
I was like a tiger. Like I, my business exploded the next year. And it was because I thought, all right, you wanted this, you got your business back, let's go. And so I've never, I didn't know I had it in me what I was able to do that next year. And then from there, I've just only um, grown. So it feels like it was a blessing and a lesson, but it was a hardcore lesson I needed to learn. And funny enough, I just wrote a book and I turned my first manuscript in, so excited. But it was very exciting. But the, there's a chapter in the book about this. And I, when I wrote it, I thought, now I can add value to someone else about the mistakes that I made. And that is a blessing. Yes. That's why I don't really shy away, Amy, from any of the ugly stuff anymore. You know, like even my transition in my marriage, I've been vocal about and not in a way that would disparage my my um, ex-husband or, you know, really like how has this helped me grow? Yes. In the hopes that it'll continue to help my audience grow, because I don't think you know, hiding the valleys supports us or other people. I really do believe that the truth will set us all free. Yes. Call me crazy, but I really (laughs) do think that when people hear our truth, we we hear at Redefining Wealth, we've been calling it the Saturday. So we um, got that from uh, a pastor, Michael Todd, who talks about, you know, Jesus died on a Friday and he rose on Sunday, but no one talks about Saturday what what he must have felt on Saturday being, you know, buried in darkness, yes. dealing with demons, like all the things that happen when times get tough. So I applaud you for including that because it's really easy for people to go, I've been watching Amy Porterfield, you know, blow up for 10 years or 12 years. And it just looks yes. like the constant ascension, oh, no. you know, not at all. Yeah. And I'm we- so glad. Yeah. I don't want anyone to think that, it, it was easy or that I have a leg up or that it just happened quickly. Holy cow. It was, it was rough for a few years for sure in the beginning and in the middle. And I'm sure it's still going to be rough. I'm sure I've got some trials and tribulations ahead of me. Um, but I do have strong faith and I also know what I am capable of. Mm-hmm. And I've also surrounded myself. This is something more recent than ever. I need my girlfriends and specifically my girlfriends who are entrepreneurs. I need, and I need all my girlfriends, even those who aren't, but the ones that do what you and I do, they understand how terrifying it is to hire your first hire. They understand how terrifying it is when your promo doesn't convert like it used to. And you're confused as to what the heck to do. And you've got a sleepless night ahead of you. Like they Mm -hmm. get those moments and I call them now. I reach out, I do ask for help, which I didn't do that for many, many years. And I'm so glad that I'm humble enough to say, I I need an ear right now, I need to talk to someone. You know, and I just talked about this the other night. I was in the middle um, of one of our challenges and I was saying that even your coach needs a coach, needs a mentor, needs a community because as a public figure and as folks that have a platform, if you just are always taking in everyone's everyone else's stuff and you're answering everyone else's questions, but you don't have anywhere to go drop off your stuff, your fears, what's keeping you up at night, what is confusing you, you're going to burn out really quickly. Uh, Have you experienced burnout in your business at any point? Absolutely. In 2011, so I started in 2010, essentially like full-time. 
So by 2000, end of 2011, I thought, this is not what I thought it was. Absolutely. I thought I'd be drinking Mai Tais on a beach with a laptop on my lap. I have of never course. done that. <laughs> right? That has never been my reality. But I also was trying to do a million things, didn't have a good support system and realized like, this is not fun. I'd rather go back to my nine to five job than work all these hours. And I was getting in debt. My second year of business was terrible. And so, yes, I've absolutely reached burnout. In that moment, what I learned, someone had taught me that if you do less in your business, you could actually make more because you're doubling down on what's actually working. So I started to strip away some offers and some opportunities that were ego-based, but weren't really doing anything for the bottom line. Strip those away. I did less in 2012 and made more money than I had ever made at that point. So, but yes, burnout, a few times along the way have has absolutely happened. Probably one of the reasons I went to a four day work week, I needed one extra day to breathe. Like I just thought yeah. this is too, this is getting too crazy out there. I just need one extra day. So that's helped immensely. Oh yeah. And I do a four day work week as well. You do? It, it, the, the entire team doesn't, yeah. um, but I do. So I, I think take that's Wednesdays great off. I take oh, Wednesdays nice. off. Just in the middle so, of the week. That's kind of cool. In the middle of the week, I'm like, a moment to think and breathe yes. and you know regroup so that i can finish the week strong and That's i've so been smart. doing that for about two and a half years now wow i think it's smart. i actually kind of really like that because by the time i get to thursday evening i am spent because when you go from a five day to a four day we didn't cut back the work we just work smarter but it's still exhausting by the end of Thursday. I can imagine if you take Wednesday off, you're alive and ready and in it on Thursday and Friday. That's actually mm -hmm. brilliant. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's such a game changer. Yeah, I um, bet. For my attitude. <laughs> Amen. You know, just like, <laughs> let's keep it real for my attitude, for my ability to just process all of the things because there's just so much movement yes. all the time. All and the if time. I don't take that time, I feel like the business would take me out. Oh, 1 million percent, I agree. Yep. Yeah. Okay, Amy, when we get back, I wanna touch on something you said. You talked about your family, your parents having traditional roles. Mm -hmm. When we come back from the break, I wanna dive into to the fact that you're actually the breadwinner, right? And your family? Yes. And yes. I, want, I really want to use um, some of your wisdom to support many of the women in our audience who are becoming the breadwinners as well. Oh, I love so that. Stay right there, we'll be right back. Hey there, if you're brand new to the Redefining Wealth podcast, maybe you've been thinking to yourself, well, what are the six pillars? What's the actual breakdown and what does that all entail? Well, I broke it all down for you in a free audio training called The Truth About Wealth. I want you to go check it out at patricewashington.com forward slash start here. The Truth About Wealth is gonna walk you through what each one of the six pillars are, but it's also gonna help you assess where you are in your journey so that as you continue to listen to the podcast and lean in a little bit more to this idea of becoming a purpose chaser, you know exactly where you need to start. So head to patricewashington.com forward slash start here and get your free audio training, The Truth About Wealth, today. Okay, Amy, so before the break, we were gonna touch on you being the breadwinner. So in our community, because uh, most of my audience are women and many yeah. of them are married women and mothers and they are leading households, right? 
Um, they're coming from Purpose to Platform or Command the Stage. They are using their voice. They are getting booked. They are getting clients. And yes. now their income is growing exponentially. And there's a shift. How have you managed that in your own personal life? What are some tips that you can just share? Okay, I love this topic because it's something that's very important to think about and to talk about communications, everything here. So a little quick backstory. My husband was a San Diego firefighter when we lived in California. And in California, firefighters do not make that much money. So I've made more money than my husband for probably 10 years now. So it's been a long time. But it, we take it one step further. When we moved to Nashville a year ago, we both made the decision that he was going to retire. He's 50, so he got to retire young. But when you are a firefighter and you go to a different state, you have to start over. So he'd be competing with like 21 year olds. And he's like, this body's good, but it's not that good. Like this ain't gonna mm. happen. And also in, as a firefighter, you are gone every other night. And in California, you're gone for a very big period of time with uh, wildfires and all of that. So he wasn't around nearly as much as I wanted. So I loved the idea of my husband being in bed every night with me It was uh, and being home more. So yeah. we made the decision together, but I was very afraid and I was vocal with him. I said, I don't want to resent you. I work very hard and I, I, you know, I go hard at everything I do and you being home every day and not working, I might start to resent the fact that you don't have to work. So I said, we need to keep communicating. He's like, I would be devastated if that was how you'd feel. So anyway, we get to Nashville and luckily I have loved it and I haven't even, it hasn't even been an issue, but it's because we did so much work in the first few years. So when I started making more money than Hobie, I, we were in a tax meeting with our tax guy. We had never talked about it. And we were in this tax guy and he talked about how much money I made and Hobie. And Hobie said, in that moment, I felt like less of a man. I like wanted to hide under the chair, like what is going on? Cause he too always felt like the man should make the money. And that's all I knew. My dad always made more money than my mom. And so we went home and I said, what's wrong? And he said, I feel like I'm not, I'm less of a man in this marriage. Like you're making so much more money than me. And we started to talk about it. I talked about my dreams and where I wanted this business to grow and how I had this gift that I could share. And I had no problem being the breadwinner as long as he supported me in my dreams, even when I, things got tough. And at that moment, he became my biggest cheerleader, my biggest supporter. And I, and he feels like he's done this with me. It's, it's interesting. Uh, I might not feel as much of that. He's not in the business every day. He knows nothing about what I do, but he feels like you and I talked a little bit about this off, off camera, but, um, he runs the household. Now he does the chores. He manages the people coming in and out of the house. He makes everything work so that I just show up for work. I do very little of the household things. And thank God, because doing both is really, really hard. And I think Ooh. that I would be struggling. Girl, yes, <laughs> that is one of the biggest lessons that I have learned through my separation um, and, and, you know, un untangling my marriage is like, wait a minute, I really had the freedom to yes. be Patrice Washington as people know Patrice Washington on a platform and a stage. In my personal life, I had not been to the car wash. I Amen. literally <laughs> went to the car wash and the guy walked up and I was like, I've never driven the car through this 
machine, please help me. Um, oh I've never actually put the car in neutral because who does that besides <laughs> going through the car wash? I mean, I was learning all kinds of things. I was like, where are the breakers? Like, what? How do I turn these lights back on? It was really eye opening. And there is such, that is such a vital role. And I think that. You know, even for the guys listening, as women are starting businesses at alarming rates, right? Like it is crazy how women are starting businesses and how we're creating these courses and and learning to scale and figure out what offers actually work for us and all those things. To me, it did not it did not bother me to be the breadwinner. I didn't feel anything about it. I just wanted to um, be able to do what I really love. Yeah. And create and create an environment where Gerald could do what he really loved, whatever that looked like for him in that season. Um, but I, I do think that because of a lack of communication specifically on that, I love that you and Hobie like talked about that up yeah, front a lot and that you were even able when you did the move to articulate. I don't want to resent you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, girl, come on, therapy and personal development. Like who? <laughs> That so was, that is big. It's big, and I'm I'm lucky enough to have a husband that before I met Hobie, he went through um, AA, so he's gone through the twelve steps, and so he d- has done a lot of the work. So communication is very easy for him. I know that doesn't happen for every couple, and so it might be a little harder to you communicate saying what you need, what you're feeling. But for me, it's so easy because he responds so well. But I do think regardless how well people communicate, it has to be discussed and you have to keep checking in. So, and he didn't like when I said, I might resent you. He freaked out, that scared him very much. He's like, I'm quitting a career. If you resent me, what am I gonna do? Like, well, we're gonna have to work through it, but thank God it didn't happen. But yeah, communication with your partner and money issues is everything. Yeah, really, really good. I heard you talk about recently that this was going to be the first year that you do a sabbatical. Yes. Oh let's, my goodness. I'm so nervous. Let's get into that. Oh. So I haven't officially called it a sabbatical, but for the yeah. last three years, I take a month off in the summer. Oh, well you've done it. Okay. Please give me all the tips. How did you do this? Did you really turn off? Like you really didn't work. So first of all, the first few days, absolutely, I, I worked. Like, <laughs> I, I absolutely I worked. Like, I might go somewhere else and be in another place. Yeah. My brain wasn't ready to turn off because I was still thinking of all the things that I needed to remind people to do and yeah. tasks that I needed to add. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, um, so no, the first few days, it takes me a while to settle in. Um, I realized that I cannot be in the same environment. So there's no taking a sabbatical, but being home, not going to happen. Okay. Because I just, I will drift into my office. And -hmm. then before you know it, I'll be like, this would be a great podcast. Let me just sit (laughs) down and record it. Right. And now I'm like doing work related things, maybe hiding out from folks via email, but I'm still kind of doing work related things. So for me, it's been, um, traveling and just being completely away and leaving my laptop. I only travel with my iPad. Okay. That's 
actually a great thing right there. So that I'm going to take that with me for sure. Here's the great thing. So you're right. This is my first year of a sabbatical. So I'm 13 years in. I've tried it for years and I always um, canceled it. So we're not canceling it because here's the thing. One interesting thing about Hobie being retired now is he does want more of my attention. I'm very lucky, right? That this wonderful man wants my attention, but that stresses me out as well. He's a quality time kind of guy. I'm an acts of service kind of girl. Like do all, take out the trash and you're the sexiest husband in the world. Well, he wants me sitting there right next to him and he feels connected that way. So I told him I was doing it and I can't go back because he's really excited about it. But when we moved to Nashville, before we bought this house in Nashville, we bought a lake house. Obviously, real estate's cheaper in Tennessee than in California. So we were fortunate enough to get a lake house that's getting remodeled right now. So come June, that lake house is ready. So we will be taking me out of this environment where I've got my studio and got my office. And so that's going to help immensely love the idea of just bringing an iPad, not a laptop with me. And also my head, I'm going to, it's going to go wild a little bit in the very beginning. I'm, I'm ready for that. And I had to warn Hobie, give me a few days to ease into this because I am very nervous. But also what I'm nervous about is May. My May looks packed right now because we're trying to get all this stuff in before I take the month off. Probably not the way you're supposed to do it, but it's my first time. So we'll see how it shakes out, but I am doing it. Why, why was it so necessary besides obviously, you know, for your relationship? Yeah. What about it? Do you just feel like you need in this season where I've messed up over the 13 years? And I, I feel guilty about this because I taught this as well. I've been in that hustle mentality from day one. I learned internet marketing from the, the gentlemen. I learned it from the men who the hustlers, the Gary V crush it, all of that, like make it happen, make it happen. And I drove that hard for years and years. And when I taught, I would be like, whatever it takes, get it done. You got to work the weekend, you work the weekend. And that worked, but I believe in my core that there's another way to build a business out of hustle mentality. I do not believe you have to hustle to be successful. The first few years, you got to figure it out and it's probably tough, but I'm talking 10 years in, I was still hustling. So over the last few years, I realized I, am, I don't like it. I don't like my business when I'm hustling. I feel resentful. I don't want to do all the things I need to do. So in order to love my business again, I had to stop with the grinding. And this sabbatical is one way to remind myself that I am not grinding anymore. My business will thrive even if I'm not in it every single day. And as, I got, as I've gotten older, I don't want to work that hard anymore. Yeah. I just don't. Yeah, but I still want to be super successful. So that's where I'm I'm finding that balance. Oh, girl, you are speaking my language <laughs> um, because, you know, I do believe as Shea Bynes calls it grace over grind. Oh, I, I love that. Ooh, yes, um, I believe in that, that as I feel led to do more things or add things that I want to do it from a place of grace and ease. I don't want my mind to instantly go into, oh, that's going to be 632 tasks and click up, <laughs> right? And like, and now I have to do all of the things. And yes, I'm going to have to shoot the videos or we're going to have to write scripts or we're going to have yeah. to do these things in order to make it um, successful. But I'm also really at a stage where I want to embrace that feminine flow. 
where, mm-hmm. like you said, for many of us who came up around men, and you know, for me, Steve Harvey was one of my early mentors. Yes. So I worked with Steve Harvey when I was 19 wow. years old. What? And the grind mentality. There are videos of Steve out there where he's talking about, you'll sleep when you're dead, you know? Yes. And, <laughs> and I love Steve. I appreciate everything that I got from him, but I'm a different generation, right? Times have changed. And I'm also a woman. And there is just something about wanting to create from this feminine space of like feeling in to your body. I'm not, you know, facts ain't feelings. I get it. But there's also just, and I'm learning. I'm in a season of just learning this and trying to embrace it. I want to go with the flow not against it i am not in a season of wanting to force anything because the truth is and this may sound morbid but if i die today i will already be remembered as a very successful woman oh yes exactly yes you are a wit my jasmine my good friend and i always say you've already won you've already won you're there you're there let go (laughs) Yeah. And I think it's important for people to actually share that because if you're not careful, you will be operating from, you know, from a a prior season, right? Year 10, I'm in almost year 10. I'm in year 10 of full time. Um, Year 13, at some point, we should not be operating like it's year two. Thank you. Year two required. Yes, to wear all the hats and to do all the things and to do or maybe have a more justifiable hustle and grind mentality. But at what point do you say, I'm in a new season and like your friend Jasmine, I've already won. I won. Yes, it's nothing wrong with wanting more, but I won. Like take a freaking break, girl. Go to the lake. Go to the lake. (laughs) Go to the lake. But we have to talk about that because as people who serve newer entrepreneurs and folks who are just now entering this space, we have to set better examples. I I take it now and that's why I want to talk about it and, and be an example of like, I'm learning so that you can do this at year five and not wait until year 10. Okay, that's what I'm passionate about. So if I would think like, if I'm most passionate about something right now, the book that I wrote is all about how to leave a nine to five job and start an online business. So it's for someone who doesn't even know this online world exists. She needs to hear from me that we do not need to hustle 10 years into our business. And I love that. Justified hustle in the beginning, I can't get around that, it's there. Mm -hmm. But I can teach her a different way than I went with proof from my students that they're not hustling and they're doing amazing things. So I, I made a mistake for many years, but I can I can fix that mistake through this new audience that's going to be coming in through the book. And I am passionate about that. I love that. And Amy, you didn't make a mistake. You did what you, what you knew to do. All I knew, you're yeah. so right. Many of us, you know, we are, doing it now but we came into very male dominated spaces and we did what the examples would have us do you know even for me starting out as a personal finance expert my early examples were all men like there weren't really many women except for Susie Orman you know that I could even see and Susie because she was 
coming from a male-dominated space, she was given male-dominated advice. Like yes. it was a very masculine like, energy for sure, right? Yeah, there was a lot of masculine energy. So the only thing that I knew was, oh, success leaves clues. This is what they're doing. This is what it looks like. There was not so much conversation 10 years ago about even trusting yourself mm. or leaning into your own intuition or thinking about what is an alignment for you. It was like, they're doing it, do it that way, and you should be fine. Yes. And now we're kind of like deconstructing that to tell people, hey, trust yourself and acknowledge your gifts and figure out how you can best use your voice in this in this space in this way amen to that yes yeah yeah what is another goal that you had for 2022 that's a little different than anything else you've done so let's see a goal that i have for 2022 um beyond wanting to take the sabbatical and i've talked a lot i mentioned a lot about this book but one of my biggest goals was to figure out how to launch a book so this is interesting in the sense that I've been around 13 years, never launched a book in my life, have no idea how to do it. The only thing I know is what I've seen other people do, but I've paid close attention to the ladies this time. So in my past, I watched what the boys are doing and I did that kind of marketing. And now that I'm a little bit more mature and know that that doesn't fit for me anymore, I paid close attention to some women that I love that are launching their books. What are they doing? How are they talking about it? And I've been putting together a launch plan and it's exciting and it's a big goal to get this book out into the world. The book comes out next year, but you've got to do all the work this year and all the yeah, pre-sales yeah. and all that. So it's a huge challenge for me. It's um, definitely a big goal to hit some great numbers and, and find this new audience. I'm passionate about them, but also do it my way. This will probably be the first time that I did a launch, something new in a totally feminine flow different than anything I've ever done. Because every other launch I've done, I've, I've done it uh, how I've learned it in the past. I might have tweaked it over the years, but it still originated from what I've learned in the past. So I am excited to learn something new this year, try something different, and um, to see what kind of comes together in a, a easy way. My friend Susie Moore says, let it be easy. Like that's her motto in life. That does not come natural to me, but I love it. Girl, me either. I wish it did. Amy, I have uh, to constantly remind myself about ease and grace and flow and all those things because my natural tendency is to make it hard. Oh my gosh. Amen to that. We are the same person in that. And <laughs> this is really sickening. My dad, who's a very, very hard worker, hustle mentality his whole life, he has this saying that is so convoluted, it's horrible, but he would used to tell me, if you're doing work you don't really like, but you're doing it well, that's what hard work is. Like what work you don't really like, but you're doing it well is hard work. I literally believe that for years and years. It's kind of crazy. The things we need to unlearn. Our parents have great intentions. They, you know, my parents helped me become a wonderful person and a hard worker, but some of that stuff my dad taught me, it's a little suspect. He has this other motto. If you're on time, you're late. I'm like, oh my gosh, like talk about like grinding, grinding, grinding. So I've had to unlearn some things from my dad. God bless him that have just not served me as a female building a business online. Oh, so true. There <laughs> is a lot of unlearning. And I just want to encourage someone who's listening. You will forever be unlearning. Yes. You will forever be finding new limiting beliefs 
and thoughts that have been just kind of playing in the background and you just didn't even know it was a thing. And you can be wildly successful and still have limiting beliefs. So this oh, yeah. idea that, you know, you have to root it all up and unpluck everything before you can make progress is also not true. Um, I know, you know, someone sent me a DM recently and she said, oh my gosh, you were just goals. And I said, if your goal is to be awesome and a hot ass mess at the same time, <laughs> go for it. Yes. I'm glad I, I could be that goal I for you. I love the honesty <laughs> though. I love that. Cause I feel like a hot ass mess all the time, like genuinely. And I'm an easy crier. So I will be crying behind the scenes at just the littlest things. Like get yourself together, Amy. But at the same time, we can really be amazing and do big things. Yeah. I hope that's that I hope that's one of the big takeaways. It's yeah. not perfection. It's no. it's the consistency um and the constantly just trying to figure it out and do the work, you know? Yes. Um, Amy, before I let you go, I want to ask you our redefining wealth rapid wisdom questions. You're going to tell us the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. Okay. Got it. All right. Amy, how do you define success? Ooh, by looking at the love and support of my family and friends and knowing I've done a good job to support and love them as well. That mm. to me at this age, that's where I've gotten. Love it. Define wealth in three words or less. Ooh. Okay, so to me, it would be freedom uh, above most, security, and ease. Yes, freedom, security, ease. Okay, what's one book that has redefined how you see wealth? Oh, how I see wealth, a book that's redefined. That's a hard one. A book that's redefined how I see wealth. I, that you have stumped me. I can't think where I get nervous on the fly is thinking of titles of things. I mess them up all the time. Although I will say this, you know, that new book that Brene Brown Atlas of the heart is that what it, Brene Brown has a new book Atlas of the heart. I think it is. I might again be messing up the words, but in that book, she really talks about what matters most. And I could say that that would be something that would redefine how I look at my success, the wealth I have, both in the love I have and in the money in the bank. So yes, that Atlas of the Heart, I hope I'm saying it right. I get so nervous. It's okay, we'll, we'll confirm that. We'll look okay. it up, we'll link to it in the show notes. Okay, and then fill in the blank. My name is, and to me, the truth about wealth is. Mm. My name is Amy, and to me, the truth about wealth is you get to define it however works for you on your terms. I think that's important. Absolutely. Well, of course, that's what we're here to do. Redefine right? wealth for ourselves. Amy, thank you so much for being here. I am just so encouraged by your vulnerability and your transparency. I know how easy it is to have the level of success that you have and to make it just, you know, make people think that you have it all figured out, but through your social posts and through your podcast, you're always so encouraging and so vulnerable and so willing to just share the practical uh, tips and strategies and tools and resources. And I just adore you. So thank you so much um, for being here. And to everyone out there, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Make sure that you follow Amy in social media, check out the new book, go to her website. It's amyporterfield.com, right? Yes. And thank you so much for having me. This has been such a treat. I absolutely have loved every minute of it.
Oh, I loved having you. You guys, connect with Amy. Let her know that you're a purpose chaser and that you found her here on the Redefining Wealth podcast. And, of course, come into the free Redefining Wealth Facebook community. We can chat about this episode. What were your big takeaways? What is something that you're going to shift because you had an opportunity to be exposed to the lessons and gems that were dropped here today? I'm Patrice Washington. Of course, until next time, I want you to go live your life's purpose, find fulfillment, and earn more without ever chasing money. We'll talk to you later. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.